right, we'll continue our series. Continue our series on prayer. So, if you got a Bible tonight, you can turn to Matthew chapter six, and uh, we'll be looking through Matthew chapter six and uh, finishing up—not finishing up, but uh, continuing through the Lord's Prayer. And um, <clears throat> so, Matthew chapter six. I want to point out a few uh, truths in this uh, set of scriptures in this chapter. Um, so Jesus takes his disciples aside, and he, he uh, not aside, but they ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. And they've asked him several times, so Jesus takes them and puts them, uh, puts them through this, uh, this model prayer that we call the disciples' prayer. Some people call it the Lord's Prayer. Um, but as we uh, learn in Matthew chapter 6, as we work our way through, as we have over the past several weeks, uh, we learn in the beginning it all begins with God. And then it turns to our needs, and then it closes with turning back towards God. So anytime we pray, that's always a good thing to do. Turn towards God, uh, tell Him what our needs are, and then turn back towards God. Always trying to keep um, that balance as well. And so Matthew chapter 6, uh, I think I'll have it up here as well. If you don't have a Bible, you can read. Uh, 9 through 13, this is the model prayer. In this manner, therefore, pray. This was Jesus talking to his disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be, the, be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So, as we looked at this, we learned the beginning of this, as he says, in this manner, therefore pray. And we realize and we recognize that Jesus had prayer, uh, power in his prayer. And the disciples recognized that. He, Jesus didn't pray like the priests. He didn't pray like the common people. He didn't pray like the publicans on the corner. When he prayed, God moved, right? Things happened. Um, they, they, they happened and they moved and they and. and Yet the disciples, when they prayed, many times nothing would happen. So they said, Lord, don't let us pray like we pray or pray like the priests pray or pray, pray like the publicans. Let us pray like you pray. You teach us to pray. And, you know, for us as uh, Christians, what a desire that should be of our hearts, right? And uh, through anything else through this prayer series, I hope our desire is, Lord, teach us to pray like you prayed. Like, God, transform my prayer life. Because um, I've heard many, many preachers and servants of God, um, Dr. Vines, including in First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, they ask him, if you had to do it all over again, what would be one thing that you would change about your ministry or your life? And you know what he said? I wish I would have learned how to pray more. <laughs> all right? And you think about that. Uh, for us as Christians, prayer is the lifeline. Prayer is the, where the power is. Prayer is where you know, we get connected to God. Prayer is where we commune with God. Prayer takes us to places with God uh, that nothing else can. And you know, it's always important to remember you know, when we have our quiet time to read our Bible, that is God speaking to us, and then we pray. That's us speaking to God. So we have a privilege as we begin this prayer to calling out on our Father that we have the ability and the privilege to call on the God of the universe as our Father. That He cares for us. He wants to hear from us. 
and He is willing to hear our prayers. And, and that's when we start our prayer, it is recognizing, God, you are a good God. God, you are a God who cares. God, you are a God who wants to hear from me. God, this is a privilege we have to carry our burdens to the Lord. And, you know, I think a lot of times we, we don't value prayer because we don't look at it that way. We think that prayer is a way for us to get our will done or just to, to go before God. Or maybe you, don't, maybe you think it doesn't get any higher in the ceilings. But as a Christian, our perspective should be we are calling out to our Father. That sets the tone. And then in heaven, we know that he is not connected with us. He is not limited by our resources. He's not limited by our understanding. He's not limited by our time. So it's our Father who cares and wants to hear from us. You are in a superior position than I am. And I'm calling on your resources uh, in these requests to you. Hallowed be your name. We went through a whole week of that um, whole Bible study talking about how Everything we have should be able to bring glory to God's name. That when we go to pray, and ashamedly so, many times our prayers are so shallow, and they are so self-centered, and they are so um, into ourselves. But really, when you set the tone of true prayer, it is not self-centered. It is not self uh, 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 self-promoting. It is God-promoting. It is hallowed be the name of God. That I am praying these prayers, and no matter what happens or what my, what my reaction to this is, or if you answer my prayer or you don't answer my prayer, your name be hallowed above all other things. That, that the tone is that I'm willing to accept whatever the outcome is as long as your name is glorified in what you answer or what you don't answer in my life. And really, we always get an answer from God for our prayers. We may not always like the answer, but we always get an answer, right? And it might be a yes, it might be a no, and it might not be right, not right now. But we always get an answer. So there's yes or no or wait. Uh, we, above all else, should not put the condition of God on God and say, God, you are not a good God, or God, you will fail me, or God, you know, I've heard people say, God, you're going to let me down. Well, above all else, prayers answered or not answered, your name be hallowed, your name be um, lifted up more than anything else. Your kingdom come. Like, you're recognizing that God's agenda is more important than your agenda. His glory, His agenda, and then His will that is done on earth as it is done in heaven. We talked about that briefly, and uh, we talked about this last week as well. It is not our will. It is God's will. It is not our way. It's God's way. And it's that it, what it happens in heaven should happen on earth. And we are to be obedient to whatever God gives us, whatever answer it is. And once you set the tone for prayer, the rest of it really falls in line. Um, but for me, uh, especially where I fall short a lot of times in prayer, is I skip this first part, right? Like, I just get to the needs. Like, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, right? Uh, my kids are spend time away from me. Um, like this week, they went to Hilliard. Uh, with my in-laws to have, you know, Courtney's in a horse camp and different things like that. Tanner's visiting his cousins and eating a lot of chicken nuggets, I'm sure, and uh, <laughs> eating an R&R &R and, uh, you know, 
the chicken place, ch- quick chicken folks or whatever. But anyhow, they, they go there, they enjoy it. But yet, when they come home, if they start off by saying, well, you know what, I want this and I want that and I want this and they had this and they have that and I want this. And I say, wait a minute. How about just saying, hi, Dad, how you doing? What, how have you been doing? Like, God, thank you for letting me go. Thank you for paying for the horse camp. Thank you for the things you've given me, God. You, you are a good dad, right? Well, a lot of times in our prayers, how do you think God feels? He's like, man, I, I woke you up. I gave you good health. I gave you eyesight. I gave you a job. And yet now, when you go to talk to me, all you do is say, God, I want to. God, I want to. God, I want to. God, I want to. And he says, that's no way to have prayer, right? Like, if we're looking for power in our prayer, we must not skip first section. Like, like when we go to pray, we should uh, uh, bring this forth. Another um, way of reminding this is, uh, you know, we have that acrostic acts that we pray through, um, A-C-T-S, and adoration is the first, A, it stands for the first A. Adoration to God. And it's easy. If everybody, anybody ever asks you to pray in public or they ask you to pray for their family or they ask you to pray together, it's easy to run through that in your mind. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You know, that we uh, adore God first. We, we lift him up. We tell him he, he is a good God. He's a great God. He's our father. We adore him. We, ad, we give him adoration. Then we confess. We are not those things, God. We ask you to forgive us. Then we give thanksgiving for the things he has given us. And then we get to the supplications. We ask him for our needs and our things. Just a simple acrostic. And so if anyone ever asks you to pray on the spot and you don't know what to pray, you can pray through Acts. Very simple. You know, God... Thank you, uh, God. We worship you. God, you are um, who you say you are. You'll answer your prayers. It's, it's simple to pray through those things in your private life and also in your public life as well. So Acts is very simple. So, But when we skip the main part or this first part, we get the wrong tone for our prayer. We set the wrong priorities for our prayer life. And now I'm not talking about emergency prayer. I'm not talking about when you get in a car accident. And your arm's halfway falling off and you say, oh, Lord, Heavenly Father, you are the great. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your consistent, permanent prayer life that you build in your life. It's like dialogue. It's like communicating with your spouse, communicating with a child. How you consistently put together how you communicate with them is very important. And, and for this, when we go to God in prayer, we should systematically and consciously be aware of how we build that communication because communication is the key to all relationships, right? It's the communication that's the key. And if we don't communicate the way that God wants us to communicate and the way God has instructed us to communicate, what's going to happen? We are, we are not going to have the power and we're not going to have the results that we could have when we do that. So don't skip over the first part of this prayer and just think, oh yeah, this is just you know going through the motions. No, this is very important. This is something that you should set in your heart and your tone and then the rest of your prayer comes out of this declaration of who God is, who his name is, and, who he, and his kingdom and his will in our lives. So Now we get to the supplication part. Um, Give us this day our daily bread. Now, it's very interesting when Jesus turns, the first thing he says, give us this day. Um, You know, this is a request made to God like, you know, hey, you know, give us this day our daily bread. And 
you know, I think it's important to realize here that Jesus didn't talk about the past here, and he's not talking about the present, not talking about the future. What's he talking about? The present, right? He says, I want you to pray in such a way that when you pray, you say, God, give us this day, the day that you have allowed me to live, the day that is set before me. God, give me this day or give us this day our daily bread. Now, when you think about daily bread in the Bible, um, several things may come to mind. Um, Obviously, in the Bible, we know bread is more than just physical provision, right? It is more than just providing you some morsels of food, although morsels of food is very important, right? (laughs) It is very important, and we should thank God, and we should pray to God, thank you for providing for our physical needs, but it also, the daily bread, when we think about give us this day our daily bread, it also is talking about spiritual um, supplication as well. It's talking about Jesus, who is the bread of life, right? Lord, give me this day enough Jesus to make it through, right? Lord, give me this day enough spiritual, um, uh, sustain me spiritually to to give me this day that I'm asking you to provide for me spiritually today. And and not just physical, but spiritual as well. I want you to still have your Bible in, in Matthew here. Jesus kind of expands on this through the Sermon on the Mount a little bit. I want you to, I want you to, <clears throat> to look at some of these scriptures here. And I want you to see what the, the wrong view and what the right view is. Right? The wrong view, he, he points out in verse 19, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. So here's the key. We don't pray to God and ask him to bless us just for treasures here on this earth. Right? Like this is not... A, a, a get out of, you know, just, just get all your needs met. No, this is, a, this, is, this is not from a greedy standpoint. This is not from a self-centered way. Um, so he says, do not lay it for yourself treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. So a lot of times when we pray to God, give me this job, give me these finances, give me this retirement account, give me these stocks, God, give me this money. Because I want to accumulate all this stuff because in my heart of hearts, I'm trying to lay up treasures for myself here on the earth. And listen, God didn't say to pray for those things. And he says in, in the Lord's prayer, he's saying, listen, you pray for this day that he gives you enough you know, sustaining for this day. Not just physical, but also spiritually. Because when, you, when people take this and they say, oh, God's got to give me all what I need. He says here, Don't take it to the extreme where you treasure up yourself on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Now think about that. You never see how a moth works. Um, Every once in a while, I'll pull out one of my old shirts that I used to wear that I told Aaron, don't throw away because I'll be able to wear them again one day. (laughs) See, you guys... Skinny people have no idea what fat people go through. You know, in our closets, we have three sections. You know, the skinny, well, not so, not, not so fat. Then you have the fat. Then you have the really fat clothes, all right? You have three sections. So most of the time, you live in the, very, you know, the really fat section. Every once in a while, you might get in the not so fat section. You're never getting back all with the other ones, but you never want to throw anything away because there's always the hope you might be able to get back into those clothes one day. But every once in a while, I'll pull out an old shirt or something like that and look, and there's little holes ate in it. And it had been in there so long, and Aaron says, I think the last time you wore this, you graduated from high school. <laughs> I'm like, well, 
I might be able to wear them again for work. She's like, you're not wearing these things to work. Let's throw these things away. But every once in a while, a little, a little, little moth will get in there and eat little holes all through the shirt, or eat little holes through all through the clothes. And so to, 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 to treasure those things up where a simple moth can destroy them or rust. You take a car that looks so pretty and so beautiful, and yet underneath there it immediately begins to rust. And all of a sudden, within 20, 25 years, underneath there that begins to rust out and fall apart. And everything that you thought was so wonderful about that now is destroyed. Or where thieves break in and steal, where someone could come in and steal all your stuff. He's saying it's senseless. It's useless to take the Lord's prayer or God's provision in your life for selfish means. So when we pray to God, give us this day, our daily bread, it's out of humbleness. It's out of recognizing that God is the provider. And he will provide fit to him, not to our greeds, but to our needs. And when we use that to, to try to store up treasures, to, to gain wealth, to do those things, God's saying that's completely the wrong way or the motive for praying behind give us this day our daily bread. Because a lot of times we say, God, give me this job, give me this paycheck, give me this bonus, give me, let me win the lottery, right? Or however else you want to say it, God, give me all this money so I can get these things. Jesus is saying that's not it at all. Our heart should be saying, Lord, give me this day our daily bread. I've said it once. I've said it a million times. It's okay to have things, but it's not okay for things to have you. If your heart is bent on praying to God to bless you financially or make you rich so you can enjoy things here on this earth to an excessive manner, he's saying that's not what your heart should be. So verse 20, he gives us the other part of that. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So when we pray for God to give us our daily breath, check your heart. Make sure it's a need and not a greed, right? Make sure it's sensible. Make sure you're praying for that day. Make sure, and listen, God wants us to have financial stability. He doesn't want us to be out there every single day wondering if we're going to make it or not. But I'm saying, if you're consistently praying for God to give you treasure here on this earth so you can store up your kingdom, he's saying that's not the right perspective at all. The perspective of giving this day and our daily bread is that your heart is not controlled by things, but you are requesting God to provide for you in such a manner. So he moves on. If you skip down to verse 25 here, he talks a little bit about our daily life. He talks a little bit about our provision that he provides. So he says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry. This is verse 25 in Matthew 6. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So he's asking a rhetorical question. He's saying, listen, is not your life more important what you eat? And is not your body more important than just the clothing? Um, verse 26, look at the birds. He gives us two examples. First is the birds. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither they sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? So he's saying, as you come to God and you're asking for your daily needs, you can have confidence and faith that God cares for you. He loves for you. He loves you. He's going to provide for your needs. 
And he says, for us to protect ourselves from trying to do it from a greedy standpoint, but also have enough faith to know you can trust in God. And he says, look at the birds, for they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. Now, when was the last time you saw a bird build a barn? You know what I mean? Like, how does a bird be able to store up things for the barn? They, he don't have a barn. So he's saying for us, as we, as we go through life, if we are gathering to build barns, and like the, the warning that comes from Christ in another example when he says, he talks to the rich man, he says, I can, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger barns. And what did Jesus tell him? Do you not know that your soul has required you of tonight you know, to, today? I mean, think about that in that perspective, that we are not to do this greedily. We are not to do this for our own good, and we are not to do this to store up things for ourselves. Uh, it's a matter of the heart. So, and he says, you can have confidence in God, and you can know that he will feed the birds. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? And then look at verse 28. He says, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, he talks about flowers, how they grow, and they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? See that? See, he was talking to the disciples' heart of hearts because without question... Uh, they knew the treasure, right? They knew Judas was a treasure. They knew that the, what they had following after Jesus was nothing like they would have of the world. And they were looking to the world. They were looking to all that was provided in the world. And they were like, God, we're getting behind here. Like, we, we don't even have two pennies to put together. We don't even have two things to go together. We don't have a big treasury like the temple or like the, the Pharisees or like the Sadducees. How in the world are we ever even going to make it? And yet Christ is getting to the heart of the issue. When you come to God and you ask him for your day and this daily bread, are you not more valuable than the birds or more worthy than the flowers? He says he will clothe you. He will take care of you. Oh, you of little faith. Now, you think about it in our prayers. If you have to be honest, you know, how many times do we really pray for selfish things? And we don't pray for our day, you don't pray for our day and our daily bread. We pray for much more than that many times, right? And we, we go to God and we ask him not just for our needs, but we ask him for our greeds too, right? We spend a lot of time thinking of those things. And God, Jesus is saying, listen, if you want powerful prayer, if you want prayer that means something, you come to God and you rid yourself of this greed and you rid yourself of these, uh, these things and you come to him and you say, God, I know you're going to provide. This is my day, and you will give me uh, this daily bread, not just for my physical needs, but for my spiritual needs, and you care for me. And just like, a, just like you care for the birds, and even more you care for the flowers, you far more care for me. Then verse 31, he says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. See that? The word Gentiles, unbelievers, saying, After all these things... The, the non-believers, people who don't trust in God, put these things over everything else in God. But then verse 33, he says, But seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. See that? 
So if you get to the, the hinge verse of 633, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now when you go back to the Lord's Prayer, how did we start out? Seeking God and what was the very next thing he tells us to pray for? Give us this day our daily bread. So what does 633 tell us? Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what will happen? All these things shall be added unto you. Meaning, he will provide for all your needs. And he will provide for the things that you have in this life. We can have faith and confidence in those things. That God will do it. And when we put him first in his rightful place, he will do what he says he will do. Listen, in our prayer life, when we put God in his rightful place, and we put Christ first, and we put his kingdom above our kingdom, and we pray to God, give us this day our daily bread, he said, you can, you can take it to the bank. You, this is as sure as a flower in the field and a bird in the air. He will take care of you 100%. There is, there is nothing for you to worry about. That's what he said, verse 34. Therefore, not, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, you know, for us as Christians, for us to remember this in our prayer life, I think a lot of times what happens is, we don't pray, give us this day our daily bread. We get distraught maybe over the past or maybe over the future. We don't focus on the present a lot of times. We want to know, we want, we want to realize what's happened to us and what's going to happen to us where Jesus says, put God first and then pray for his provision and ask him for this day and this daily bread. He will provide for you, period. You can take it to the bank. Just as sure as you see a bird in the air without a barn, you see a flower in the field shining, arrayed with all the, the glory. And so, you know, for us as Christians, it's important for us to remember that. And you just take a look at Jesus' life, how his example was. You know, Jesus, without a doubt, was the, you know, he was the, he, 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 he could have had the most wealth on all of the earth. Matter of fact, he was offered it by the devil. He said, you know, uh, deny God and and you can have all the kingdoms of the world. And, and the, 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 Jesus knew it wasn't his kingdom. He knew it was all about the kingdom that was going to come. And so he says it wasn't worth it. It's not worth to gain the whole world and lose your own soul. And, but for us as prayer life, for us as Christians, it is a confidence and a knowledge that when we put God in his rightful place and we pray to God, give us this day our daily bread, that we can mark it down. We don't have to worry. We don't have to say, God, what about this and what about that? And what about this and go back and forth? It's already been settled. And we can put him first. We can pray with power and we can pray with confidence that he will provide for our needs and he will provide for this day and he will provide sustenance for this day. Now, I had a missionary <clears throat> come to First Baptist Church in Jacksonville. She was, she was sharing with, uh, you know, she was, she would take in orphans and as in the Philippines. And so she was over in the Philippines. And so she had a family that abandoned these children. And she was struggling to make it. She barely, she had nothing to do. I mean, she, she barely would make trying to take care of the ones she already had. She said, so these three extra kids ended up on her doorstep. And so she's like, well, I don't have anywhere to, you know, to, to let them sleep. I don't have any way to provide food for them. I don't have any way to provide medical care for them. I don't, have, I don't have anything. And she said that night as she took them, she just couldn't turn them away. And she said, God, I don't know how and I don't know how where and I don't know what's going to happen. But she said, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. But 
it, I guess we can, you know, split up what we have, and then we can try to make it through, and if we starve to death, we starve to death. <laughs> I, I, we just, I don't know what else to do. I have no money. I have no way to get food. I have no, and she's like, God, you know, you brought us, brought me this far. You know, you, you have to pray. She was praying for God to provide for her need. And she said that night, it didn't come. But that next morning, she got up. She didn't have nothing. She said they ate their last meal, and they sit down. And she said the next uh, meal was lunchtime. And she said, I come up to lunch. And she said, I still didn't have anything. She said, all of a sudden, she was praying. She said, God, give me this day our daily bread. She said within 30 minutes that she heard a knock on her door. She went to her door, and it was one of the people from the church had brought a bag of groceries and said, someone came to the church and dropped off groceries, and you were the first one to come to mind and think you might could use this, and gave her a bag of groceries. And she said, look, she said, and every day since that day, she said, God provided for her every single day. Not before, and not, not, not too much in advance, and not too much afterwards, but she said she learned right then that where God guides, he provides. And when you go to God, you can ask him for your daily, this day and this daily bread, and he will provide for your needs. You can write it down, you can mark it down, you can take it to the bank. So for us, it's important for us to remember those things in our life. And you know, for us, we waste a lot of time praying for things that really are not of the kingdom of God. We waste a lot of time praying for us to be able to store up things here on this earth. But when we go to God and we put him in his rightful place, and we pray, give us this day our daily bread. God will be faithful, and he will give the things that we need and provide for our needs. So let's pray together.